pro wrestler. I am a sports entertainer. What? I'll say it again. I am a sports entertainer. Welcome all, welcome all. On this day, we all see clearly, but first things first, in case you missed it, we did a great interview with the Mountie a few weeks back, so be sure to check that out. I'm Curlis Maddie, and as always, I am joined by Drake Damore and the Frost Father Aaron Sanders for Sports Entertainers. So, how's it going, guys? Good, man. Very good. Yes, coming off of uh, our interview with Jacques Rougeau, that was pretty cool to, to get him on. Uh, as we're going to see him hopefully pretty soon for uh, Border City Wrestling, we're going to talk about that, but... There's a lot more to get to um, before we get to before we get to BCW, of course. A um, lot to talk about, as always, man. Uh, I like what you said last time. And, uh, wrestling doesn't sleep and doesn't take a break. And nope. uh, we, got, we got lots to talk about. But first and foremost, Frostfather. What's going on, bro? Well, I finally put my glasses on, so now I can see clearly. Hint, hint. <laughs> but uh, no, I'm doing good. I'm, I regret that I wasn't able to be on the last episode. You guys... Did a tremendous job as always, and now what are we? Sixteen episodes in, we're a few days away from BCW thirty. So Rose City, you better get ready. There's like stars among stars, and if you don't know them, then you're going to know them um Saturday. But we're like a few sleeps away from BCW thirtieth. But when you sleep, there's always a dream, and everyone wrestles the wrestle dream. Was isn't that right, Curly Fries? Speaking of regret, man, man, oh man, you guys missed a really good show. I don't, I don't, I mean, obviously you guys were doing probably better things than watching wrestling on a Sunday night, but oh man, this show was awesome. Okay, so just top to bottom, top to bottom, everything on this card was amazing. Um, some some standouts right away, uh, Chris Statlander defeating Julia Hart in an unexpected Great match from Julia Hart. Chris Statlander is always great, but uh, the only women's match on the card, unfortunately, but still very, very good. Uh, Ricky Starks defeating Wheeler Yuta. Another really, really fun match. Uh, I'll, I'll get to that one in a little bit. I'm gonna, I'm gonna save Brian, the Brian Danielson match for a little bit. But uh, um, FTR defeating Aussie Open. Fun, fun match. And um, Christian Cage defeating Darby Allen. In a two out of three falls match, I'll get to the end. When I get to the end, we will talk about that. But the match itself was super fun. Um, Christian Cage doing the most crazy thing and throwing Darby Allen into the steel steps. Holy yeah. moly, that spot. I don't know if you guys yeah. saw that. Yeah. Uh, this, is my, this is my little speed run. Uh, Swerve Strickland and uh, Hangman Adam Page had a great match. And the right guy won because Swerve deserves a push. And Hangman will be just fine. <laughs> Swerve when uh, I drive. Had a boy. And my match of the night. If you guys haven't, if you guys at this at the time of this recording, I know both of you guys haven't seen this. Brian Danielson versus Zack Sabres Jr. was art. Like straight up art. Beautiful. Amazing. Everything you want out of a good technical wrestling match. Holy moly, this was this was it. And they're teasing a, a sequel to this, and I am so excited. I am so for it. These guys, Brian Danielson proves once again why he's the best wrestler working in the world. And holy moly, ah, I, I can't get enough of this match. I'll watch it again. I'll watch it three more times. It was amazing. 
But uh, let's... I think that uh, that answers one of my questions. I was going to ask you if I have time tonight to watch one match or or anything from Wrestle Dream. What oh, would definitely. it be? Definitely Brian versus definitely Brian versus Zack Sabre Jr. And they're definitely teasing a second one. So uh, and I'm expecting it to be bigger and better, right? You're better. Uh, I, can only imagine, I can only imagine what those two uh, were able to pull off. I mean, I says you're in a 22 minute match, you know, uh, bell to bell. At least you know how these uh, these technical matches can go, and these wrestlers are. So I'm looking forward to seeing it. It was art. Go ahead, Aaron. There's a sidetrack there for a minute. I, I'm I'm I think I'm one of the many that says it's about time they get Julia Hart in the ring. So Wednesday Adams finally gets in a freaking ring, <laughs> and I heard she didn't do bad at all. I think Julia Hart has improved significantly. I think she's great. And I like the presentation they're going for with her, obviously, like with the House of Black. But uh, lately they've been bringing out Brody King as like a bodyguard. And I think that's so cool. I think Brody King is so underrated when it comes to AEW talent. Brody King's so cool. But is the yeah. entrance is the entrance itself worthy of her holding the championship one day? So imagine the presentation plus her having the belt. That'd be I'm, nice. I'm glad Chris Statlander didn't drop it because it's too early for her to drop it. But um, the two of them uh, had a really good match, and I think Julia Hart will have her time eventually. Her time will come. Sorry, guys. I just I just went on a big gushing spree about that that the whole. You know, a whole match that you didn't, you guys just did not watch. So, I feel I've, I'm sorry, but uh, it's it is it was worth the hype. That's all I gotta say. And is honestly, it, the whole card was. Is it a contender for match of the year? Honestly, absolutely, absolutely. And I, I've got a couple matches of the year. Um, obviously, I mean, we can we can talk about that when we get to January and we can just go off on all of our favorite matches. But definitely one of them. Definitely one of them. Absolutely. Get the envelopes and black tie affair ready. The match of the year goes to, as I open the envelope, find out in January. Find out in January. I think we should, I think we should just write down every match we love from, from 2023. I second that motion. Yeah, we're definitely going to do that. That's going to be fun. Because <laughs> there's already been so much. I mean, we're nearing the end of the year already, but... Um, Don't say that. Quick, I'm not ready for yeah. snow, man. Yeah, I know. It's a quick, quick year for sure, but... Um, yeah, I mean, there's still there's still more to go, and you know that. Uh, like you said, man, there's no breaks. I mean, just off the top of your head, I mean, real quickly, what what, what matches come to your head when when you think of match of the year so far? Like just just off the top of your head, your favorite matches of the year, both of you guys. Oof, that's tough. Now I, I put you guys on the roller decks for that. <laughs> just putting you guys on the spot here. I mean, yeah, I literally have to Google it. I think like <laughs> I need some refreshers. Uh, right off the top of my head, I'm I'm thinking I'm thinking Finn versus Seth Rollins at SummerSlam. Obviously biased, yeah. but or, great match uh, there. Sami Zayn and uh, Kevin Owens winning the tag titles at WrestleMania, of course. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, I I you know what I would go out and Drake took mine, and I'm just looking down at it. I I, I would have to say one of the, one of my matches was Rhea Ripley versus Charlotte Night One of Mania. Oh yeah. Well, that was a good one for sure. That was a good one for sure. Well, there she was, was very lot. technical in that match. So you got one of the baddest and strongest wrestlers in Charlotte, and then you got the Eradicator, who was very technical too, and they came mm -hmm. together. My goodness, they did a terrific job. Another one that doesn't get talked about a lot is uh, Rhea versus Natty on like a random Raw. I thought that was an amazing match for for 
Natty to just show up, have a good match, and just disappear again. <laughs> so, mm. yeah. Oh, the triple threat um, intercontinental title match from WrestleMania. Oh, oh my goodness! I thought that was the best match of the WrestleMania card. How did I? How could I forget? Yeah. Anyway, what's what's your bad contract here? We got we got some Sorry. big business to take care of. Uh, time we're recording, we're just coming off of this this pay per view, and uh, although you know I didn't watch it, this 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 event definitely shook the wrestling world to say the least. So. I'll let you take the lead from there because you were actually watching this and got to experience a lot of it. Well, you got to experience it live, you know? So, um, the first of all, um, having the TNT Championship be on the line in the main event, I'm loving what they're doing, putting the secondary belts at the end. Love that. Love that. Give them more highlights, uh, the international title, the last pay-per-view. So, just... <laughs> Just mixing it up a little bit. Hopefully, one day we'll get the women's title in the main event. I'm I'm all for that. So just keep it fresh. But besides the point, the big elephant in the room. Uh, I'm just I'm just I'm just trying to not jump the gun on this. But obviously, um, the first the first big shock was Nick Wayne, uh, Darby's protege, uh, turning heel after Christian Cage mocked him for the last like three or four weeks and uh, smacking. Uh, uh darby allen and the i think it was i think it was with the, with the belt and just turning heel and then edge coming out was the big reveal everyone was waiting for and everyone was expecting and that crowd went nuts i feel like everyone was expecting it but still like we all we all went crazy for it gave me so. goosebumps from from start to finish the moment you heard you think you know him to right to the end and I'll be honest with you, I thought he was going to, you know, be in cahoots with Christian, but uh, <laughs> he turned the page yet again, turned the tables, and helped out Darby Allen. And I will say this, when he shook hands with Sting, that's where I got those goosebumps. It was unbelievable. That was pretty cool. I think it was, was... the first time we ever seen Sting and Edge in, in the ring yeah. together at the same time. Mm-hmm. At least in this compat, Yeah, definitely. Like, if they ever did anything in WWE as some, like random segment when when sting was there for that year and a half or however long that was mm-hmm. and edge wasn't well, wrestling right so yeah edge was out of it by then yeah yeah and uh it was just it was it was a surprise but it wasn't a surprise if you know what i mean it's it's kind of right. like the cm punk coming to AEW. like everyone knew it was gonna happen but when it happened like when we actually see it it was surreal it was such a surreal experience seeing that uh graphic that says uh uh Adam Copeland is all elite. Like man, like yeah, such Adam a Copeland. nice one. That's gonna... we, sorry, as we were talking about uh, off the air too, like you said, the rated R superstar, Adam Copeland. That's pretty cool. Uh, he got to keep that trademark. So that and the music too. Yeah, the music, the music is a big part of his presentation, and I'm happy. I'm happy he got that. Although the "You Think You Know Me" changed into "You You Think You Know Him," and it's a different voice. I mean. It's going to take some time to get used to, but I'm cool with it. Threw me off. That's for darn sure. I was, <laughs> I was looking at, I was watching the press conference afterwards. And I, I know Tony Khan tried to correct MJF when it comes <laughs> to, he no longer call him Edge, call him Adam Copeland. It's like, well, give him a couple of weeks and then he'll be known as Adam Copeland instead of Edge. It's like, Tony, I know what you're trying to do, but for goodness sakes, let's, uh, just call it like it is. People know him as Edge. They don't know him as Adam Copeland. They don't know him as Beth Phoenix's husband, for all we know. <laughs> of course, of course, we know him as Edge. And and dude, what a what a huge grab. I mean, just what a huge uh, huge star that they have now. 
it's it's funny. Uh, they lost Punk, but they got uh, Edge, and yeah. arguably, who would you say is a bigger star? Honestly, like, would you say Edge is a bigger star? In, in, yeah, in I today? say Edge because he's less controversial for one. In the wrestling world, yeah, I think yeah, it's like a bigger deal. Well, and, not, not and he's not that rusty way. in the ring either. Yeah, not like like CM Punk actually coming back to wrestling was a huge deal. But just the fact that AEW got this guy is a this is a bigger uh, win for them, I think. If that makes 20, sense. Twenty seven years loyal to WWE. I mean, think about yeah, that. Like, all those years later, and it's just like I'll do something different. That's you know, it's pretty big. You know yeah. something? It's interesting that CM Punk leaves and he left a big void uh, when he got fired. AEW, and then not long afterwards, Edge comes right in. I'm not saying he he's got some big shoes to fill, but he's already cemented himself as one of the greatest wrestlers in, in the AEW and in WWE. Mm-hmm. But uh, my goodness, at least he's less controversial. And this is why I was thinking when I was watching Edge or Adam Copeland come to AEW. We heard a few months ago that Edge. I mean, or Sting, rather, said that Showtime is coming to an end. So I'm thinking, what if this was the passing of the torch of mentorship from Sting to Adam Copeland, and Darby Allen would be Copeland's protege? Because keep in mind, a couple of years ago, Edge was a part of Judgment Day, and he was pretty much the mentor. He was the one that founded it, for crying out loud. But then again, it, it could never be... Too far of a way of an interesting guess, but we're just gonna have to see how things work out for Copeland, and maybe if he'll be in cahoots with Edge. I mean, with Sting <laughs> and Darby Allen a few weeks. I don't know why. It's gonna get it's gonna be hard for me to not call him Edge. It's gonna take some time. Yeah. yeah. You know, you you made up made a good point. I mean, Edge being like a mentor to Darby in the same way that Sting is to Darby would be a pretty cool dynamic considering Nick Wayne. Is with Christian, and I would have a good. There's definitely a tag team match with those four competitors, or actually a six man match because they have uh what um what's his name uh Luchasaurus. So they're definitely gonna do that match. It's a three on three: Luchasaurus, Christian, and Nick Wayne versus Sting, Darby, and Edge, Adam Copeland. Oh my goodness, this is gonna take some time. Uh, it's literally so, gonna take like years to get used to that. <laughs> Yeah, but uh, obviously we we were talking about this a little bit. Um, Adam Copeland versus Christian Cage is now on the table. So one last match between those two guys. I mean, that would be kind of interesting. Yeah. yeah, I don't know how gonna, something's gonna happen with those two. Obviously, I mean, rather or or do they somehow pair up and do their one final tag team match too? Mm-hmm. No. I hope Christian Cage never loses the TNT belt. He has brought in so much interest to that belt. In the last, he's brought in so much disdain for everyone else's father. <laughs> <laughs> you know, technically, he's only held the belt for like ten days, eh? Because Luchasaurus yeah. is the champion. Cured. <laughs> it's good. Yeah, it's just ah, it's great. It's great. It's great work from that guy. And I'm interested to see where they where they go with uh, the Nick Wayne stuff. Nick Wayne, I don't know if you guys have seen him work. Um, he's 18 years old and he is mega talented. It's oh, he's little Wayne. Impressive. <laughs> he's very talented i know christian's never seen him wrestle but i saw him wrestle on uh, dynamite i think actually as you mentioned christian might have even been commentating it but that's, <laughs> that's for debate 
Yeah, Matt Kidd's got it in the ring for sure. And uh, being aligned with Christian Cage, I think he'll uh, he'll get better. He'll get better over time. And I'm just really interested in the, this this storyline. Like, obviously, it's been going on for a long time. I mean, since Collision. I mean, uh, I wouldn't say since Collision started, but it's been a couple months at least. And uh, I'm interested to see where they go with with these six guys. If they, I mean, even if they part ways, it's it's still interesting because we got Adam Copeland in AEW. How crazy is that? It's insane. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I do want to say this before before we go further. And I know social media has become a huge part of wrestling these days, and uh, I'm already seeing comments in regards of, "Oh, this is just former washed up WWE talent that's going to AEW." But let's keep in mind here: Christian was able to reinvent himself. By going mm-hmm. to the AEW, Mariah, Tony Storm did the same thing. I don't know what Tony Khan's been doing, but I'll tell you, there's a whole lot more creative control, and there's a whole lot more um, character when it comes to these wrestlers. They come to WWE, and these are people that are just mad because they think AEW is filled up with has-beens, but they're not has-beens. Who knows? Most of them ha- are in their prime when it comes to AEW. They've just been limited to how much they could say and how much they could do. So. I'm interested to see what Edge does throughout the rest of the year because I have a feeling he will he, he will recreate himself as another character before he calls it a career, which, to be honest with you, I think Edge got five more years in him. Look at Jericho. Look at Sting. I mean, we were talking about has-beens, quote-unquote, but I think, I think some of the best... Uh, best moments for both those guys were in AEW. Sting doing the craziest crap you've ever seen, and Chris Jericho le champion uh mm. the ocho you know like jericho appreciation society uh the inner circle i mean he's only done good things for for AEW, and i don't know man if if, if, uh, if a wrestler wants to go from one company to another it's their choice and you know cody rhodes went to wbe i mean and now i mean we can move on to the next big signing from wbe jade cardgill i mean that's going to wbe and no one, no one should fault her for wanting to see other other venues, and we could talk a little bit about Jade as now and Jade now if you guys want to. Yep, yeah, I, I think it's high time because I'll tell you, it's so interesting that uh, they make this signing the moment Nia Jax comes in and just screws everything up. Everyone knows my disdain for Car Gilbert with the fact that when she was in AEW, they tried to build up this undefeated record along with her trolls. But I, I think this would be good, and I spoke about this, I think, before we did the interview, guys, that a good dream matchup would be Jade and Charlotte. It's going to take a little while. Don't get it twisted. But I, I thought about it, and despite my disdain for Carl Gilberg, <laughs> the women's division needs just one more spice, just one more grain of salt or pepper in that nice lasagna called WWE. And I think this this will be good. I've heard some positive reviews, as I say that, clutching my stomach. But uh, it's going to be an interesting ride for Jade Cargill. I wonder if her first match in the main roster, if she's still around at that time, will be against Nia Jax. Just squash her and get her the hell out. <laughs> I... I think if, I I'd see it as a positive. I'm not I'm not I'm not the biggest Jade fan myself either, and um, I think she's a better fit in WWE, and it's exciting to see her 
see what she can do. And they build her like a star, like like the way they were talking about her on on uh, on TV, on Twitter. They've really like shown her off as this is a big star. So I don't know. I don't know how. You gotta you gotta feel for AEW, you know, like they uh they build her up and then you know sucks to be they, them. Yeah, sucks to be them. I mean they just didn't give her the, the right money or something. I mean whatever, man. She's she's gonna be a star. I, I, I'm not the biggest fan, but I, I think she's gonna be a star. Jade Jade's a talented woman. I mean, she'll she'll eventually get there. Definitely still a little green, but she'll definitely get there and yeah. That's my that's my view about it. Something tells me they're going to start her off as a heel because she is good as a heel. I, I can't see her as a face. And it, it's the same with Charlotte, too. Like, I see her going into NXT, washing like a quarter of the women's division, those who don't even get a lot of airtime, to be honest with you. And she's going to go on the mic and say, I want better competition. And then can somebody huge, heck, it could be Becky Lynch when she heals up, or it could be. Who knows, Tiff Stratton, if she doesn't get the call to the main roster, which I hope is very soon. Mm. So, I don't know. That's my predictions. He's going to come in as, like, the freaking Terminator, indestructive. <laughs> I want competition. Literally build their, like, Goldberg, then. I mean, that's what AEW was already doing, so I don't know. <laughs> but cut her streak, like, about two or three months into it, and then get to the nitty-gritty. Get her into the... Bigger matches, if you will. Let, let's not. Can we stop with the undefeated streaks in wrestling? Like, come yeah. on. It's an overused trope for sure. I, I mean, one thing I will say about Jade is she's only gotten better. Like, she's she hasn't gotten worse over the time. I think she's she's gotten better. She's she's made she's had some good matches here and there. I mean, if they if she if she goes through the developmental system, I think she could be really good. In my opinion, I think she's a better fit. Like I said, she's a better fit in WWE than she is in AEW. So that's my view about view with her. Yeah, and I feel like she was just doing it all just to get to WWE. I think that was the end goal, no matter what. And she got it. So we'll see what they do with her. She also wants an acting career, apparently. So I mean, yeah, she's more her, right? so exactly, exactly. I think, uh, I think uh, again. Wherever a wrestler is most happy, they should just go there. I mean, it's it's a job in the end of the day for them. So, I mean, they're just there to entertain us. And if you want to follow a person's career, you should just follow it. I mean, if you want to watch Jade, or if you want to watch Adam Copeland, just watch watch their stuff. I mean, I don't know. It's There's it's a lesson to be learned out of all this, though, gentlemen. Um, do not let anybody limit you to what your goals and aspirations may be. If you have a goal, like, go for it. A lot of people will think, oh, that's too that's too big or too high for you. But you know what? You work your way up. Things like this will happen. And, you know, Carl Gilberg is doing the right thing going to WWE. I just hope they don't drop the ball on this like they did for a number of wrestlers over the last decade or two. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Anything else you guys want to say about the, the, the weird trade we got with Edge and Jade? <laughs> yeah. It was exactly, it was a perfect trade. Really funny. Talking on the edge of my seat, so my mind's a little bit jaded. I'm done. What's next? Uh, do we want to, I had this I had this fun topic. Um, do we want to get into this? The 23, 23 of the most outrageous lies Hulk Hogan has said. I'm reading this article here. And uh, Hulk Hogan has uh, notoriously lied about the dumbest stuff that he probably shouldn't lie about. 
I just thought we should uh we should we should get into this. I mean, we should get into some topics. What do you guys think? But let me tell you something, brother. I mean, Before let me tell I... you let me tell you some lies, brother. <laughs> let me tell you some lies, brother. So, um, I mean, we could scroll through this. I mean, first things first. Um, apparently, Mike Tyson was scared to face him in a boxing match. Bollocks. <laughs> It'd be the so, other way around. <laughs> so, in his now, if, it was Floyd, if it was Floyd Money Mayweather, then I would believe it. But Mike Tyson, come on, dangerous man in the nineties. So he said I mean, this he has auto. fair share. He had his fair share of chewings. <laughs> Oh man, it's just it's just entertaining, man. He said this in his autobiography, so it's in print. <laughs> All right, What's Aaron, you, want, you want to read this one right here? It was number twenty-one. He was supposed to be the face of the George Foreman grill. Yeah, sure. <laughs> oh, let me tell you something, brother. Yeah, so he said he just like missed a phone call, then they just called the next guy, and it was George Foreman or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> Eat your vitamins, say your prayers, try my grill, the ultimate grill. <laughs> oh, man, I can't believe that. All right, Drake, this one's for you. He once fought Pride Fighters, so like Pride FC. I didn't know he ever proclaimed that. A famous lie is when he, asked, he was asked to join the UFC in 1993, but uh, according to the UFC, they never, they never claimed that that ever happened. So he said Do that. Do you think Dana White uh, would lie about that? Yeah. Oh, no. so, what does it say here? Um, the same thing in 1977? <laughs> so, like, is, is Hogan even trained to fight? Or is, isn't he just a bodybuilder at the end of the day? I mean, he's a bodybuilder and a pro wrestler. I don't think he's ever been in a... I don't think he's ever fought. I mean, he's not like Kurt Angle or anything like that, right? Oh, yeah. So Pride, Pride was like, uh, if, I, if this is what I'm... I'm thinking he's talking about like the it's basically like UFC, right? Like yes. If that's what he's talking about, for people that might not understand, yeah, he's basically saying that he fought MMA fighters and he's tougher than them. Blah blah blah. Uh, Okay, fighting championships. It was made in 1997. I mean, he's saying 1977 here. So I don't know. He's just changing history at this point. Do you think he's? Do you think he believes his lies, or is he just kind of like one of those? Some um, of them for sure. Some of them for sure. And some of them he's just like, shit. I gotta, I gotta keep it going here. <laughs> I gotta cover my ass, yeah. Um. So apparently he wanted to turn heel in 1990, which would have uh, made more sense for the Warrior Hogan match in WrestleMania six. So in a 2021 podcast, Hogan says he pitched the idea that after he lost to the Ultimate Warrior at WrestleMania six. Hogan would hand the belt over, then turn heel to attack the warrior. He even said he would have been Triple H Hogan <laughs> and be a major heel, but uh, Vince vetoed it. Well, it's a fun idea. It's hard to imagine Hogan then would have been okay stopping being the beloved hero. So this is yeah. There's definitely no no chance in hell that um, he was he was cool with that. But here's the thing, though. Here's the thing: If he would have turned heel right at that right at that time, and he would have hogged the spotlight to end WrestleMania, we all know how he is when it comes to hogging the spotlight. <laughs> it's so goofy, man. It's just I don't know. Um, all right, uh, you guys. I mean, I would have to read all of these. There's some. There's some. Some are that are funnier than others. 
<laughs> WWE <laughs> merchandising was his idea. Right. <laughs> so stuff that always comes to mind too. Like there's the whole thing with like him and the Iron Sheik and like how you know oh I was I was supposed to I was supposed to job to him but he didn't want to and uh, Iron Sheik's like I was gonna break his freaking leg and all that crap. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> so ridiculous, man. Oh, <laughs> uh, what was the... yeah? He wrote his movie. He wrote his movie scripts. <laughs> he probably did his own stunts too. <laughs> so he Hogan is saying that he wrote those movie scripts, um, like Mister Nanny or Santa with muscles. He he apparently wrote those. Great um, club. <laughs> yeah. However, because he 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 wasn't a full writer, the Screenwriters Guild of America refused to give Hogan any credit. <laughs> yeah, I believe it. I believe. <laughs> yeah, I believe the guild would say hell no. Yeah, I mean, I believe the people who actually wrote the stories. Um, he, <laughs> come on, man! Like, they, this is so ridiculous. Uh, oh, oh, this is one of my favorites. He was the first person to praise Kevin Owens in in 2016. He, <laughs> <laughs> what is he? A scout all of a sudden? Got a lot of potential, brother. Yeah. <laughs> Enough shit. Yeah. Oh my goodness! I like like the goofy ones where he says like, "Oh, he was the bass player for Metallica or whatever," <laughs> or wrestled four hundred days in one year because he counted the uh, the time he spent in Japan and around the world. He said that Elvis was a Hulkamaniac, even though Elvis died two years before like Hulkamania was going wild. So, Elvis died in 1977, and Hogan must have... Yeah, so... Yeah, so he, he got it mixed up. <laughs> That's just so goofy, yeah, man. Yeah, different Elvis. <laughs> <laughs> Elvis Elliott. Yeah, oh, yeah. His fight with Randy Savage on Saturday night's main event was real. Huh. <laughs> oh, wait. His recollection of the Montreal Screwjob. I don't know His... if I read this one. This fool wasn't even there. Yeah, he wasn't even there. He was in WCW. <laughs> Wait, do you wanna? Does anybody want to do their best Hogan impression? I'm on it. Reading this quote, go go right ahead. Well, Bret Hart was supposed to lose to Shawn Michaels at um. Come on, man! He can do better than that. <laughs> well, I didn't want to scream, but I heard him do podcasts. And he does. Oh, you know what? I'll just go in promo mode. Well, let me what? tell you something, Mean Gene. Bret Hart was supposed <laughs> to lose to Shawn Michaels at a. a, a WrestleMania, or whatever the hell it was. You know, 16, 17, I don't know. But where all the fans were chanting, Brett screwed Brett. Brett told McMahon, I'm not losing to Shawn Michaels in Canada. And Michaels went out there and pulled a fast one up Brett Hart, and he held him down and pinned him, and Brett couldn't do anything about it. And the so-called excellence of execution, brother, who was supposed to be the greatest wrestler of all, little teeny Shawn Michaels held him down and embarrassed him, though. Bret Hart was a horse's ass, saying he wouldn't lose, and Shawn Michaels pinned him anyway. So these are real quotes. Oh, boy. <laughs> they did not read the management. <laughs> well, yeah, he was in WCW at that time, right? Yes. 97. And uh, he, said, he said WrestleMania. I mean, it was Survivor Series. So, I mean. After WrestleMania in November? At the Superdome? The Superdome, brother. Ah, uh, the Silverdome. 
I don't even know why he lies about this stuff. I feel like he just wants to insert himself into history at this point. Clout. How about clout? Yeah, he was saying that uh, Andre the Giant weighed 600 pounds at WrestleMania 3, so when he lifted him up, he was 600 pounds. Like, what? Uh, yeah, to slam at WrestleMania 3 was a last-minute call. <laughs> Come on, man. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, this is, this, is, this is the one that you like, uh, Drake. Uh, he could have he been in Metallica, Oy. but he missed the call, I think it was. He missed the call, right? Yeah. It's just so random. It's not, it has nothing to do with wrestling. It's like, oh yeah, I could have done anything I could have wanted, you know. Should have been Santa Claus. Like, <laughs> he, did you see the one where he said like uh, he keeps changing the the story about that dead body in uh, Japan? I don't know where. It, wow. So apparently he smelled death or something like that. Let me let me search it up while you guys. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He smelled the odor of death, even though like, and then he keeps changing the story. He's like, "Oh yeah, the person died after my match," and it's like, "What do you mean? What are you talking about, man?" So I don't know, man. <laughs> oh yeah, he he took credit for Hulk Hogan's uh, WWE success as well. Just the weirdest lies. Just ah. Just weird, man. I'm not a big Hogan guy. I'm not a big Hogan fan. He just doesn't seem like a very likable guy. This sounds and... like some crap you would hear off of TikTok. Yeah. <laughs> With all yeah. the myths and, and and challenges and all that other crap. Yeah. My favorite Hogan moment is definitely uh, Sean versus Hogan at SummerSlam 2005. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's definitely classic. my favorite Hogan moment. Absolute classic. <laughs> John overselling because he's not gonna go. He knew he wasn't gonna go over. Because <laughs> he was there being stubborn, or he was being stubborn, right? Yeah, yeah. Just overselling the crap out of that match, and it's just oh, so so good, so good. Yeah, not a Hogan fan. I probably never will be. But I, I, I didn't, I didn't grow up in the Hulkamania era, and um, I didn't really grow up in the NWO era either. So I have nothing really good to say about Hogan. I grew up in the TNA Impact era, and that run was a piece hmm. of garbage. Yeah. Yeah, probably killed, uh, almost killed Impact, so we're lucky it didn't. Well, him so. and Dixie Carter, but we yeah, won't go on that Carter. today. <laughs> just ego, man. He's just such an egomaniac. <laughs> well, again, she, he pretty much forced Dixie Carter's hand when it comes to leaving an Impact. Like that storyline to have Dixie Carter hold on to his legs while he was on his way out. I'm like, man, if that ain't a creative control card move, I don't know what the hell is. Yeah. Yeah. What a jabroni. <laughs> but then again, the Iron Sheik, may he rest in peace, Bubba. He was right about Hogan. Mm-hmm. Yeah, see, so like a lot of legends that I didn't grow up with, um, at least I have like good things to say about, you know, you got your Stone Colds, your Rocks, your... Your Mick Foley's, you know, I have good things to say about them, and I, you know, I don't have any real memories with them, but I have, I can, I can acknowledge what they brought to the table, and obviously, I go back all the time and watch some of their matches. I'm, I've been on a big Kurt Angle kick lately, and I've been watching a lot of his old matches, Eddie Guerrero, but Hulk Hogan. I mean, why would I even go back? I mean, you know, it's just leg drop, like uh, you know, what I mean, I, I'm he sure does he so much more when he's on the Japan circuit. But... I've heard. Yeah. Yeah. It's a Noki. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's all I got to say about Hulk Hogan. I'm not the biggest fan of the guy, and he doesn't seem like a very good person either. So, I mean, <laughs> what else is there? What else is there to say? Keep it's lying, like, man. 
Dude, it's just like trying to play Mortal Kombat on the Game Boy. You can only do like three or four moves, and that's about it. It's like two buttons. Yeah. <laughs> two buttons and an analog stick. Or not even an analog stick. It's a, the D-pad. D-pad. Yeah. 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 But that's all I got to say about Hogan. Yeah, no no more Hogan stuff. And uh, I, I think we covered a whole lot of that. It's like, geez, Hogan. It's like, can you stick to a story? Or do you really need to go on TikTok so you could fool everybody no. else about these lies for clout? I don't even think he knows what TikTok is. He just goes on the, the, the local podcast and he just, you know, he's just, I think he's senile as well. I don't think he's uh, all there. I'll tell you one thing. <laughs> a lot of people think that he'll be spoken to in the highest regards, but <laughs> there's there's a whole lot of negatives when it came to him. But Hulk Hogan, that's about it. Interesting that you bring up Kurt Angle, too. Yeah, yeah, I mean, speaking of Kurt Angle, he's going to be there at BCW's 30th anniversary, and we can we can talk all about this. I mean, BCW. take it away, boys. BCW, hell yeah, dude, yeah. Uh, 30 years of Border City Wrestling. Uh, I have up the... Uh, a lot of the announcements that they have so far and just kind of reminiscing on some bcw stuff as well obviously i'm the kind of the, the bcw guy here i've been going to those shows since i can remember and it's just so historic uh, so much stuff they've done in, in wrestling so many people that have come through it uh, we'll we'll talk about that a little bit but they have a uh, uh, that continuing into their 30th anniversary show probably and hopefully their biggest show ever uh, it's at the St. Clair College Sportsplex where we saw Slammiversary which was the biggest impact show that they ever ran in Windsor before they have run shows here uh, in the past but 30th anniversary big deal Kurt Angle is going to be there uh, Jacques Rougeau our buddy is going to be there as you know <laughs> friend of the show uh, yeah friend of the show uh, and they announced some wrestling too. It's wrestlers. I mean, so they're doing you know the meet and greets and stuff like that. Kurt Angle, Jacques, and then um, obviously there's going to be um, a, a lineup of, of great great wrestling. But they haven't announced any matches yet. We'll see. Now this one guy, I'm not too sure um, even how to say his name. Key Kiyomiya. Uh, he's from um, uh, Noah, Noah, New Japan, stuff like that. So some international uh stars coming along with a lot of impact stars too tommy dreamer sammy callahan a lot of guys we saw at uh slammiversary more city machine guns who are former border city wrestling tag team champions uh so jordan grace jordan grace yeah it's gonna be good for sure (laughs) d'lo brown and they've announced uh uh, uh, santino morella uh i think too right yes perosa and even more on this uh on this uh, poster that they put out there, a lot of the Impact guys and and former uh, BCW guys and girls as well. So I'm looking forward to it, man. And we're gonna, definitely going to be there uh, covering the event as much as we can. So I'm really, really excited, man. Yeah, it's going to be a good show for sure. We'll I do want to say this though: um, when people talk about BCW, and there's a lot of people, even on social media talk about their moments but I, I do want to bring the attention of D'Lo Brown because back in 98 and Drake you could correct me on this there was a BCW event with D'Lo Brown and The Rock well that must have brought up a lot of uh, popularity and a lot of eyes to BCW around that time but I of course. as far as BCW is concerned for me I could go all the way back to 2012 my first uh, BCW event over at St. Clair College with uh, Ardo Ocal, 
used to be the score. And he went to WWE's Kyle Edwards, who was one of the commentators for that night. And I, mm-hmm. it was a steel cage match to top the night off. Then a few years later, you see them wrestling at the Kaboto Club. The 619 entering the 519, along with Santino Morella. And, and Scott, I think Scott owes us an apology because he was supposed to bring BCW back three years ago with an interesting uh, event called yeah. Lockdown. We certainly got a lockdown for sure, but it wasn't in BCW. So that's the first thing I'm gonna I'm gonna ask. It's like, uh, don't you think you owe us an apology? But rest assured, this is 30 years in the making. Saturday, October 7th, your boys are gonna be there. I expect St. Clair College to be packed up to the rafters, and it's at the Sportsplex too. So I would say about four grand, four thousand people are gonna pop up, and uh, we're all gonna have some fun. Hopefully, we get to meet Kurt Angle. That would be sweet. <laughs> yeah, that'd be really cool. Kurt Angle has actually been to Border City before. Um, man, like Aaron, as you were talking, like D'Lo Brown. So D'Lo Brown, yeah, that was his beginning with Border City Wrestling. He became a Border City Wrestling champion. He was basically a well, he obviously was a like a regular once he left WWE in 2003. Before that, they used to get WWF guys and ECW, WCW guys to do indies, and they used to like they used to let them do that. So that's why we had, you know, The Rock and D'Lo and Mark Henry show up and, and tons of other guys and guys that you even see today uh, who maybe who have been around. Well, obviously, they've been around for a long time. Even maybe at that time, they had been around for a long time, too. Like Don Callis. Don Callis is a former mm-hmm. BCW tag team champion. And, um, you know, uh, Butcher and the Blade, the the Blade, he's uh, Pepper Parks. He was in BCW forever and just tons of guys that have maybe stopped by and done like one indie event, but guys that were also like regular mainstays, like even AJ Styles was part of their kind of X division that they had uh, their, their mid card level tons and tons of guys the 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 list goes on and on. And it's, it's so cool. And we're really looking for, I I can't wait for them to announce some matches. I mean, I feel like it's been a little bit, a little bit underhyped so far. I mean, we have a, a good, you know, um poster we got a, a good lineup but mm-hmm. we don't know any of the matches yet what's going to be going down i'm sure there's going to be some nostalgic stuff with a little bit of mix of that impact flair for sure but looking forward to seeing what they got a lot of what hush are... hush for now but i can imagine they'll be doing a whole lot of reminiscing and if they're missing a, per- a particular moment they know who to find when it comes to bcw archives what are the odds we see a canadian destroyer from uh scott demure I hope so. Yeah, that's a good odd. I mean, I wonder if he's even going to wrestle. I mean, he's been wrestling more than he has in, in a while. And uh, he wrestled at the 25th anniversary show. So I can see him battling in some sort of tag team match or something. And uh, yeah, I mean, the tag team, t- I know the tag team titles are supposed to be on the line. Cody Deaner is the, this is interesting, actually. So Cody Deaner is the BCW World Heavyweight Champion. He's been champion for like five years. Oh, they they held a small event at uh, Essex Fun Fest or something, and he lost it to Nate Matson, this guy, and he won it back in the same day. So that stopped his reign of like five plus know. years. Yeah, well, yeah, like in two thousand days or whatever, right? So now, and that was also his second reign. So now he's a three-time champion, and if uh, if he loses the belt. Like there's only so in combined days, the only person that is above him is Scott, <laughs> with like just about maybe twenty days. I should look it up right now. But on the day of the event, it's basically like 
make or break. Like if Cody Diener walks out BCW 30th as BCW heavyweight champion, he's the longest reigning BCW champion of all time. But if he loses it, Scott Tamora keeps his, his record. So <laughs> it's going to be interesting. <laughs> interesting. I'm I'm looking forward to it. It's been so long since we've had BCW. The last one we had, I think, yeah. was the one with, like, at St. Clair College. I think it was the one with Rey Mysterio, right? Oh like, no, that wrong. was I can't even remember. Yeah, that was six yeah. years ago. What was yeah, the what yeah. was the what was the last one we had? Because I think I missed that one for some reason. Maybe I was working or something like that. But I gotta look it up now. I know it's been at least like 2018 or 19. It could uh, have been the one where the power went out at the old uh, college gym. Yeah, because I mean, obviously the pandemic. Twenty-fifth anniversary. Holy crap! (laughs) Really? They had like some smaller events, and then they had Impact. They Impact's kind of its own thing. Exactly. The last like BCW show alone at St. Clair College was yeah the twenty-fifth anniversary show. Wow. Mm. They ran Impact all all in between there. Yeah. Before that, it used to be every year they had uh, excellence 2017, 16, yes. 15, 14. And they would do March Breakdown sometime, BCW March Breakdown. They like had a couple of shows at the university. Yeah, that's and then, like, aside from, like, they, they've had, uh, they've had like five shows in the last couple of years, but they're all just smaller events, yeah. Three in the last years. It doesn't matter if it's small or big. The fact that they've been doing this for so long, it, it tells you something. The longevity, yeah. and even that dude, like all of us, they survived the pandemic, and they're able to put this big show down. Oh yeah. man, the indies were struggling during the pandemic, hardcore. I mean, at right. least with BCW. I mean, you'd assume. I'm not really sure what the logistics are with this, but you'd assume that Impact is kind of, you know. Helping, helping, helping it survive, right? The the existence of Impact kind of helps Border City Wrestling, but I mean, a lot of indies suffered during the pandemic. I mean, Ring of Honor basically disappeared if it wasn't for AEW picking it up. So it's it's interesting. It's interesting, and I'm happy. Uh, I'm happy they're still around to some extent, at least. And I mean, we get we get a good show out of it. This is a stacked card, yeah. and, and no, it can't. It'll it'll cap off our big uh, wrestling show year. I mean, this year has been stacked with wrestling shows, so this will just put a nice little bow on all of it. I'm good after this for a little while, I think. <laughs> oh man, I I'm still feeling SummerSlam to be honest. I'm still I'm still reeling. Oh, ECW. I, I I I wish I had prepared more. I um again, like I I feel like it's just it's a little bit under the radar. There should be more of a buzz in the air in Windsor mm-hmm. for. Uh, for BCW 30th this mm-hmm. this weekend, man, it's it's so cool, and I'm glad we're going to be able to be part of it. And we'll see, you know, if if this thing starts to roll a little bit more, maybe they'll do some more shows. And I love keeping up with Border City Wrestling; it's one of I, I, it's one of my favorite promotions. So, uh, really looking forward to it. And hey, Windsor people, if you're around, you'll see us there, and and hopefully say hi, and hopefully we'll chat with you too. Yeah, we don't fight. We'll be there with our sign as well, so uh, be sure to yeah, be sure to look for it. Don't forget to send some pie. We're going to be hungry, running up and down uh, the the whole arena. So, uh, <laughs> be be kind, man. Say what up to us. Offer us some pie. Um, offer us some good times too. 
It's, it's going to be a doozy. I can't believe this Saturday. Yeah, it came fast. Yeah, honestly, October came fast in general, but man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we just went from like, what? Uh, the summers where we're dipping in the pools and now everyone's talking about pumpkin spice. I'm, I'm over it. <laughs> I'm over it too. <laughs> I am so over it. Yeah. Aaron, you want to put a bow on this? Okay, so if you didn't notice by this episode by now, ECW 30th, Saturday, October 7th at the St. Clair College Sportsplex. Doors open at 6 bell time, 7.30 p.m. And they're going to have a plethora of talent. So those who've watched wrestling over the last 20 or 30 years, you're going to see some of your favorites. And you'll probably see your favorite podcasting crew there. And by that, I mean us, the sports entertainers. Speaking of, we're on social media. We're not that hard to find. Be sure to follow us, subscribe. If you haven't by now, be sure to watch the interview we did with the Mountie Jacques Rougeau. He's going to be there too. So Jacques, if you're listening to this, we will see you there on Saturday. And we'll be back in about two weeks from now with our recap of BCW 30th and what else is going on in the world of wrestling. We don't need to step in between those ropes into the squared circle to see, you know, to tell the action or feel the action. You can just listen to us. On behalf of everybody, that's Curlis, Curly Fries, Maddie, and Drake the Heel DeBoer. The Frost Father, Eric Sanders, saying we'll see you in a couple of weeks. And by the way, since BCW 30th is on this Saturday, let me leave you with some advice. You better be wearing some damn soap and some deodorant.